Hello and welcome to Becoming the Podcast. We'll call this episode 8.5. I'm your host, and in this episode, the second half of this episode, I'm interviewing Mike Croy. Mike is a principal at a school that's considered a school for the emotionally impaired. And this is where I think his story gets really interesting. He starts to talk about how the yoga practice has influenced him. And what I love most about Mike and what's been so inspiring to me is that he's somebody who just doesn't just talk the talk. He truly walks the walk. He believes yoga should be part of um, a community in the sense that it's servicing the community and serving those who are ultimately underserved. And he's taken this to the degree that he has integrated it into his own school, taking time out of his schedule to teach yoga classes, to teach mindfulness to students, and has begun to educate other uh, educators, teachers, administrators, and other places on the importance and the effectiveness of meditation, mindfulness, and yoga. So listen in here. I I really love the second half of this interview, and I think you'll find it interesting and inspiring. Um, And thanks for listening. As always, subscribe, share, and if you have somebody you think I should interview, feel free to reach out and let me know. I'm always interested in talking to fascinating people. So um, let's back up one step again. Okay, so yes, you consider yourself a spiritual being and and being a good human and being of service, which is like, I mean, I I uh, that is one of my beliefs too. I I think that when I think about like what is my what are my like, if I was to take my soul's mission down to a couple words, it would be to be a, to be a teacher and to be of service, right? In as many ways as I can make that label fit, um, I think that's and I think that's the heart of of. Not the heart. That's the heart of how I can be a good human, and clearly it goes with your gifts too. I think you're. I think that I don't know that anybody can understand the situations necessarily that you deal with on a regular basis. But I remember a few things. Basically, that these kids who end up as EI kids in this school usually have their their numbers on that scale are way up there, right? Oh, yeah. That ACEs scale, they're way high for the most part. Not entirely, but a lot of them. Right. And so like I try and I I try. There's a lot of trauma in your school. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of mental health. um, There's a lot of broken families. Like there's a lot of families being raised by grandmas and grandpas and, Mm -hmm. you know, single parents. And so to to, to put it in the best way is to think of it as the island of misfit toys. Yes. These students get referred from every local program. We jokingly call them the best of the best. Right. Basically, they're what they're what. Nobody wants them. Like they have, and not, nobody can handle them. They, right? They've not been successful where they have been in a yep. large public high school. Like, yeah. I don't like going into public high schools where there's two thousand kids. Like I don't know you. Yeah. I know every single kid in my building. Right. At least their name. Yep. And so then they expect us to build a community out of that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like today was not. We not a community day. It was not, there, <laughs> uh, there, there was. We we struggled with several students to have a community type day but that's not to say that like they don't find their way yeah Um, they don't show immeasurable growth um for instance uh i had this new student who started who's transgendered Mm -hmm. and i called out in the meeting the other day and i said to the mom and and this is part of like my black and white just yeah this is what you're getting from me and i'm like you cannot bullshit a bullshitter i said that in a meeting yeah and with a parent with a parent yeah and you know, the kids talking about, well, I do this and that. I said, no, you need to either come here and grow up or get out. Right. The mom came in yesterday to pick them up 
And um, I said, how's it going? And she said to me, she goes, I told him, she's like, Mr. Croy is going to call you on the carpet and you have this opportunity. Yep. And that's what a lot of these kids sometimes don't feel. Yeah. Like they get shuttled to this place yeah. and look, it's this opportunity to kind of get yourself back on track, mm-hmm. to grow up, right? Yeah. They're 14 to 18 years old, mm-hmm. adolescents with lots of trauma or significant mental health. They have half a brain because their prefrontal cortex isn't functioning. Right. What are we going to do? Right. How are we going to help them? And, and sometimes, and, and I know this goes against a lot of educational stuff, sometimes is I come to say, um, I, I come to say to my staff and sometimes to parents, sometimes I don't care about education. Yeah. If I come in and I know that you have um, two meals a day. Yep. And you're safe from 710 to 150 when you leave us. Yep. That's all I care about. Yeah. We'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. Because that's like, I mean, but that's creating a stable foundation for them, that they're in a safe place, that they can kind of regroup in whatever way that means for them and feel safe and supported and also held accountable. I think that's a huge thing of what you do is that you show up for your students and that you ask them to show up as best they can, which some days is literally just getting into the building, right? right? Yeah. And then for some of them, it's holding these boundaries that like enough with the bullshitting. I see better things for you. I know you're capable of more step into that and you right. you create an expectation that I think probably my guess at least just from outside and viewing the world is that a lot of those parents don't have the skills or ability to do that either or because they see that their child has these problems they coddle them and don't and I know that you hold a strong line and a boundary and a presence that's different than than and so stay I stand at the front door every single day and greet everyone and greet every single kid yeah so they come off the bus they see me I can look and see oh this one not not good today. Not, not good today. It's already like seven o'clock in the morning. Not because you have a very good intuitive emotional sense that you may not know that you have. <laughs> but that's all reading. That's yeah, all reading it, it, and it, energy it, and a it, movement and a body language. And yeah. Yes, you and, have that. And, and it's not to say that like we don't have like bad days. Like yeah. we, we just do it. It's part of education. Um, but I Listen, don't... I was at the elementary school today. I can tell you, I'm there a lot. And in the last two weeks, there have been a lot of bad days where everybody, all of the teachers, the Mr. Joe, the janitor dude, who's their mate, whatever he is, he does, he's like handles everything. Is they're both, they're all like muttering back and forth about how terrible things are. There's puke everywhere. I mean, everybody, every school has bad days. I can only imagine what your bad days feel like you're now they're probably normal for you right yeah and, and it was funny I got several texts from staff and they're like oh, I had to be a hard day I'm like it wasn't boring yeah like, I, and, and, and I can tell you that like probably five to seven years ago I would have been still a little amped up about that I yeah. know just what I've been able to do with yoga Back to and, yoga and, and, right and, and yeah. all of that that I was <laughs> I, I'm much respond instead of react yeah I'm a, I'm a lot calmer in that sense yeah um so you so you started yoga practice let's go back to that because it's yeah. interesting of how you've started to add this into education and where your path is going now so you started doing yoga at what point did yoga become something that felt more important to you or that you saw it differently than muscling through um i think i i was i was still probably muscling through even when i when i reconnected with you at citizen yeah i think i was still muscling through there um but I, again, you know, you had been, I'd been going to yoga classes. I kind of felt like it was a good thing. I was getting yoga journal and picking up some more books. And yeah. like, I was just like, we got to do something different. Like I see these kids are angry, pissed off. They're a lot like I was mm-hmm. when I was younger and even still kind of growing up. Could um, you recognize that yoga was helping you at that point? 
Yeah. Even though you're muscling through, did you see a shift at all? I mean, I, why did you think it was going to work for them if it wasn't necessarily working for you in that way? Because I always like trying, like, like, let's try this. Like, yeah. what, what's, what what's are they, their right? Yeah. I, I tell my staff, I said, tell me where it's going to, it's going to hurt the kids. Tell me yeah. where it's bad for kids. Yeah. Tell me where it's bad. And so I started to see maybe some articles or I don't remember, like, some people were maybe starting to do it with kids and stuff. Yeah. And I would start, and I was starting to like, I would be in my boss's office and I'd be like doing a yoga pose or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I can't sit still. I, I can't leave the office. So I'm going to do this. And so I remember talking to my social worker at the time and I'm like, wouldn't it be cool? Like if we could like add in yoga. Yeah. How long like, ago was this? Maybe seven years ago. Okay. Um, I was like, wouldn't that be cool? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we should, we should think about that. Um, so right about that time, because this is my sixth year as principal now, yeah. um, there was that shift. There was some change in, in organizational stuff, and um, I was given the opportunity to, to take over the program. Yeah. So now I'm like, cool, we're going to do what I want. My house, my rules. My house, my <laughs> rules, right? Yeah. So I was like, so then they also put me in charge of um, um, like the health of the entire district, like for the staff and stuff. And so I was like, you know what, we're just going to start offering like yoga for teens. And mm-hmm. I was like, what does that look like? Um, so I think that was right before um, I kind of started going back to citizen. And I was like, I don't want to do, I had this sense that I didn't want to do what I was seeing as yoga teacher training, like all of these. Yes. Studio to set you up for a studio life. Yeah. Like that's not my jam. Hot, sexy yoga. Right. Like, one. Yeah. Right. Like, cause I will go to a class and I'm like, wanted to punch people. I'm like, how right. could they bend themselves in the body? Like, I can outrun you. Why can you do that? I, right. Yeah, I think you were the first one to say to me that, like, you would rather run a marathon. Than, and, like, that running a marathon was easier to you than yes. an hour Saturday morning class. Oh, it, torture. Yeah. Torture. I couldn't sit. I, I couldn't sit with my own discomfort and learn to breathe and soften around something. Yeah. Um, Which is exactly how I feel about running. (laughs) (laughs) Everything hurts. But I felt like running really set me up for meditation. Because I, I, 95% of all the runs I do, um, I don't run with music. I would just get in my head. Yeah. Like that's my, that, it still is my therapy. Yes. Um, I I could go in and I could yell at myself. I could be my worst critic. I could think about things. Yeah. Um, but so I started doing some online looking. I'm like, well, surely you can find like some online teacher training, right? Like I'm a teacher, right? Like why do I need You to... You could. Would you want to? <laughs> so, I, so wait, so I did. There was this, I think I remember, yeah. yeah okay, so yeah. There, was this, there was this pilot program, Yoga for Teens, mm-hmm. um, and Christy was looking for these people to try out these modules. Yeah. And so it was like one of those things. It was like substitute teaching. I'm like, yeah. let me try this out and... Um, give her feedback like as a teacher mm-hmm. and as learning. And then I was like, you know what? We're going to start teaching yoga next year. So yeah. I, I told my boss, I'm like, hey, I'm ordering yoga mats. I'm going to start teaching yoga. Like mm-hmm. I really think it's a good de-stressing thing. We're yeah. going to start doing it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so around that time, I think I, I had asked you, like, I want to look at some yoga teacher training. I had been doing my research. I wasn't yeah. finding a, something that resonated with yes. me. Um, yeah. And that was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to find the right fit. Yep. And so you introduced me to Linda. Yeah. And, and I kind of felt like it was a, it wasn't an interview, but like when I sat with her, I was like, okay, I can do this with her. Yes. Uh, and and what you had told me it was like it was an eclectic group of people. It was adults, I'd like to say. Yeah. I mean, oh. we. Uh, so I co-taught a 500-hour teacher training with Linda Kay, who's my mentor. And, and you're mine. 
What's yes, yes. right? So, <laughs> um, and so um, she's been. She was my. I had a very similar feeling when I first started. Well, I started yoga at more of a big box studio, and I was an anonymous student as well. Right, I was there every morning at eight fifteen. Nobody knew my name, and I was in college. I was twenty one. I was nannying, and by the end of the summer, I was like, "This is not." This is not working for me. Like, I'm uh, nobody even gives a shit that I exist, right? And yoga was expensive, and I ended up sort of stumbling into her studio because I saw a five for 25 deal, and it was just one of those divine alignment, right? Breadcrumb moments. And I walked in, took her class, and I was like, oh, I'm home, right? And so, um, so anyway, so Mike, Mike came in like halfway through. Mostly we're both assessing Linda and you and the whole thing. Like, one, do you like Linda? And two, do you think you can like pick up halfway through because you jumped in in the middle. Right. But it was a beautiful group of adults. And, and by adults, I mean people in, um, who aren't 22 thinking yoga teaching sounds really cool, but are more like any age who are probably doing something else who want to add this into their repertoire. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think I, from the get-go, said, like, I want to teach my students. Yes. Like that, my idea was never to go to a big box. Yeah. Like I just didn't know that if I had the voice and the presence and like the background to, to be able to do that. That wasn't what resonated with me at the time. So yeah. I go, I go through that. And I remember I was starting to share like, Hey, I'm teaching yoga to my students. And okay. And this is not like we're teaching in a media center with like the tables folded up and like, I turn the music down and we would just do some simple poses, like really just getting them to like breathe right. and sit. Yes. And, and do some poses. And I remember conversations about jeans and socks, but I oh, can't remember the. Oh, the, yeah. I mean, they, they don't, none of, like, my students are predominantly economically disadvantaged. Yeah. So, like, we would have extra pairs of socks. Um, I remember yeah. smells were probably oh, yeah. terrible. Like, we open the windows. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole, it, it, it is Ooh. not what you envision to be a yoga studio. Class, class, right? Right. So, and I think I remember that you went in with this idea, like, we're going to get through these 15 poses. Oh, and you're yeah. like, and we did three yeah. and they sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so like I, um, and I remember too, during yoga teacher training, like the first time somebody had to, um, you kind of threw me into the fire and go, yeah. you're going to teach. I'm like, wait, wait, there's plenty of other people here that <laughs> oh, should yeah. teach first before me. Yeah. Um, but like having to step into that and try and find my voice mm-hmm. um, was was really powerful. Like, yes. I, and and it's still one of those things. Like you and I teach or we're talking about. Like, um, I don't know that my practice or what I share is so much about a physical hard flow or anything sure. like that. It's more, can you recognize? Um, What's going on in your body? Can you breathe? Can you just be still? Because we're right. so, my teenagers are so connected um, that they're disconnected. Yeah, right. They're so connected to social media and the world. Right, like that they don't know way. what it's like to, to take a full breath and inhale and hold it and right. recognize that they're stressed the F out and all of that. Like, right, because they're just numbed out from right. their devices. Right. But here's what's so interesting in the parallels and I think really what makes any yoga teacher effective at what they do is that they're able to meet the student where they are, right? And so what you're describing doing for your students is exactly what I hope to do in the classroom of students I'm meeting. I'm just meeting an entirely different kind of crowd, right? But ultimately, sit with your discomfort, sit still for a second, 
you know, be with yourself, let the discomfort rise up and don't get off your mat, right? Isn't that it? I mean, that's it. Like not run out the door when shit gets hard. Yeah. Like that's, I'm pretty sure that's like, that's what I really think all yoga is about. Like don't run out the door. I mean, I make the joke all the time in class, like the door's locked. So you can't leave. So just sit with yourself, right? And and so I went through the yoga teacher training and like, and then I was like, well, it took me over a year to like ask Linda where I felt like, I was ready enough to like get my yoga alliance card, my yeah. OIT, because I felt like that had some cred. As I and, and, and I'll and I'll explain because like I started teaching my students and I I first offered just a Friday afternoon class mm-hmm. and like I was getting like ten to twenty kids. Some of them were like to get out of class, whatever. Yeah, that's great. But so. on Friday sometimes the bus drivers would go, "What did you do?" I'm like, "Well, we were doing yoga." Yeah. Like they were, you could see a little bit of seeds. And so then I talked to my boss and I'm like, Hey, um, I, I've done my yoga teacher training. What if I offered it to the staff? Mm-hmm. Now that took almost two years for them to finally say like, okay, because they somehow thought that I was on a different level as an administrator teaching staff. So we had to go through all these waivers and stuff. I'm like, I'm willing to teach for free. Right. I'm not asking for anything. It's really good. Yeah. So along the way, then I also started offering, um, um, we have a a group of kids who um, are a little bit lower functioning. Mm -hmm. So part of their every Friday morning is, we've been doing this for like the last two years, they come in every Friday morning. It's part of their routine. They look forward to it. Yeah. And they do what? Meditation or mindfulness, right? Um, Is that what you do them? No, I've done a group, like I've done a a meditation group before. Okay. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That was a hoot. I bet. Um, Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, I just get to try out different stuff. Yeah. And so now I teach a Friday morning group, and that's been going for a couple of years. And then I have a, um, an afternoon group that just kind of depending on, like, as a principal, I can't always. Yeah. So, but now kids are like, hey, we're doing yoga. So there's a sign up in the office, and they go and sign up, and it looks nothing like a yoga class, and I'm completely okay with it. I think it looks exactly and, like a yoga class. Yeah, for, and, neither, and, and so I've, like, got a... Yeah. I've got a I've got um, some kids with some real significant challenges in there who yeah. might be yelling out harmful things because they don't know any better. Yeah. And like, we're just keep continuing. Yeah. Like, we're just... We're Rolling just gonna, along, we're man. We're just going to go through this, man. And we're yeah. going to try poses and we're, we're going to fall and, and fumble. And so... But that's, but that's it, right? Yoga's about like like learning to tune out the distractions. And if your neighbor's yelling swear words, like, listen, that's probably still better than a lot of the things you're facing at home. And we're just trying to find the momentary calm within that. So then they, so then they allow, they start allow me to teach now for the district. So now yeah. I teach a couple of times on, um, for the district, like at the big building, yeah. which is a hoot. And yeah. then I go and I teach my staff sometimes. Um, but in between that too, I also was like, I don't want to teach at a studio. I also feel like yoga is for everybody. Yeah. And like, I'm lucky enough that I get to practice at a studio when I, when I, am able to go. Yes. I can afford that. I take my daughter. Yeah. Right. Like that. And you have the time and the resources and all the things. Yes. And and I have that thing, but I was also like it. It's a privilege. It is a privilege. And, but I also feel like it's for everybody. And I feel (laughs) like sometimes yoga, the way in its current format is priced out for people. Yep. So I was like, this is where my RYT comes in. Yeah. Is, um, my dad served in the military and so did my grandmother, um, back in the forties during world war two. Wow. And I was like, you know what, um, just again, with all the trauma and stuff, I'm like PTSD, veterans. Yes. Um, so there was an organization called Team RWB. And so they were kind of relatively new in Metro Detroit a few years ago. Yeah. And so I reached out to 
uh, the chapter captain and just on a whim, I'm like, hey, I've got my teaching, I'm, I'm teaching my population. I'm like, would this be something for veterans would be interested in? Mm-hmm. So again, kind of the connection we sat and met, I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, now I got to find a studio. Yeah. So luckily, another one of Linda's connections, yeah. Explore Yoga. Which was a, a student of mine from Yoga Medics. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Amy yeah. was like, cool, we'll start offering Team RWB um, Yoga in Troy. Yeah. In, in Troy. And I did that for um, over a year. Yeah. Offering it for veterans and their families to come in and... I think I recall, I mean, it's interesting because now that I recognize that you write in your journal the word service, but you you said something at some point in one of our conversations that you just really feel like um, it's your job to be of service to the world in that way and not just to talk the talk, but to walk the walk and to find ways to offer that to populations that need it, right? And I think that's what's so inspiring about what you did. Like, you weren't, you weren't the... Um, you weren't, you weren't this typical yoga teacher trainer, right? Like you came in with just a very clear vision of what you wanted to do and why you wanted to do it and were willing to put in the work, right? You finding your voice took some time in the beginning, I remember, which is probably hard because you were a teacher and you're all these things, right? And then you step into this totally different environment. You think, I got this. And you're like, wait, like, wait how many feet do you have? You know, right. right? And stuff like that. So, but I just, I've always felt like thought your heart the heart of what you do is so clear and that you, um, it's so clear to me that you want to be of service to your students and that you want to be of service to the world and that you got this certificate and you went out and fucking did something amazing with it right off the bat. Not only were you doing it at your school, but you're like, let me create another opportunity to share this. Like yeah. people don't do that. People aren't doing that. And I don't, I don't know why. I'm not I, saying you're like, you know, no. I'm not, you know, he's so amazing, but it no, is, it's pretty I, amazing. And, and like, I, I, I just love teaching that, like at the heart, right? Um, yeah. I think what people think sometimes is like once you get up into administration or whatever, you stop teaching, and that's yeah. not the case. Um, right. You just teach at a different, at a different level. Yeah, totally. Um, we're, we're like, I'm not teaching in a classroom; I'm teaching to a whole building or, or doing yeah. thing. And so, like, the yoga piece is like there was an. Um, I still that book that I shared with you. There was an uh, essay about right, like yoga will not be a community until like there's a soup kitchen in every place, and you're yeah. doing these things. And so like I went and while I was teaching Team RWB, I was teaching community mental health, but like the therapists, yeah, I would charge them five bucks. I'm like I gotta like compensate for my gas. I would bring yeah. mats, yeah. And then I was teaching for SOS South Oakland Shelter, so I would travel around to churches and like I would have to battle with bingo and free game cards or yoga and sometimes I would drive and they'd be like oh we just ate dude we're not I'm like just come hang out right and like sometimes they would fall asleep and that would be cool yeah um I just enjoy you know I I taught at a um down across from honey there there's a special ed place I taught a special needs yoga class on Saturdays I've never doing it to make money at it yeah um you know that I was reading the New York Times this weekend you know there's a certain level of income people say where after you get above that like yeah it doesn't change your happiness. it's been going on around for a long time right, it's something like, like 60 or 70k right you don't get an incrementally any happier I, yeah like I, I my bills are paid that's cool i live in i live in a spot it doesn't I, it never mattered much to me in that aspect yeah so, so but this is the whole i mean this is the conversation that i think is so interesting i had this one with linda t too which is that like 
um, we are taught to measure success by financials and the size of your house and your bank account and all of these things. But really, success is contentment, right? And I think that contentment is, am I listening to the impulse of my soul that's directing me? And when the answer is yes, then you, then contentment tends to follow and enough money usually tends to come, right? right. Yeah, and, and I like the idea of like... Um perfectly imperfect or yeah. kinsegai, right? Yeah. Like these cracked things where like, I've got, I'll be the first to tell you, I screw up all the time. I've got some mm-hmm. messed up stuff. Um, but through all of the stuff, like I am really starting to embrace it. And that's something where like, as a male, yeah. right? Like I'm willing to sit across the table from you and have these difficult conversations. And that scares people. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, you really want to talk about that? Yeah, I do. Like, yes. let's sit with that. Yeah, let's not just brush it under the rug. Let's actually... Right, like, let's right. embrace that and have that conversation. And that is so... Um, that, that does scare people because that authenticity piece, Yeah. right, um, where you come in and you, and you... Like, I scan the rooms or wherever you go and you find about, like, who's being authentic? Who's blowing smoke up your mm-hmm. ass? Yeah. Um, who's going to do what they say they're going to do? Yeah. Um, that kind of BS meter. Yeah, which by the way, you have to be sensitive to be able to have it. I love yeah, that you don't I, I recognize know, I know, I know. You are. <laughs> I think maybe we think sensitive is like cry at commercials, which is maybe part of it. But I think sensitive does just mean like, do you have a barometer for the room, for people, for bullshit, for whatever? And the answer to me, of course, is yes for you. You wouldn't have even been good at horses if you weren't able to gauge that yeah. sort of sensitivity. So I'm just going to give you, you know, like... I just feel like you have to be, you might be really boundaried and that's beautiful, but you can also be an empath with some, with boundaries, right? Or you can also just still have that sense of sensitivity within you and also still be black and white, you know, when, I, when you need to be, but that's just a tool you use because you know, it's effective for the population because that's a boundary thing too, I feel like. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The staff, uh, we did an exercise. We do lots of circles because we do restorative practice. So yeah. I do circles with my staff, which makes them really uncomfortable and it's fun for me now. Interesting. They're working in, with the EI people and they can't, like, they don't want to be with their feelings, you know? And well, but, but so like <laughs> one of the things they said is like over the last couple of years, they go, we feel like our, our, our population or just have we gotten softer? Like there's a running joke when I turned 40, I like really... My wife jokingly says I was raised by wolves. Like I, yeah. I wasn't a big huggy type of person. I'll yeah. hug my kids and that sort of thing, but I wasn't one of those. So for my fortieth, um, my secretary gave everybody a hug coupon. And so throughout <laughs> the day, like all these staff were coming up and hugging, and like three years now, like I don't mind giving a, a yeah. kid um, a hug or, or do that. Like right. I'm embracing that piece of it. That sensitivity piece. Okay, so now I see. Now I get it. Okay. So it's that you probably were always that, except for that you didn't know it, and you also couldn't be that. So you got really armored and protective and don't come close and put all the stuff up and run and do all these things. But if you're scanning a room for the energy or the feedback or the faces or all of that, to me... There's some inherent um, sensing that's happening there, right? Some intuitive sense that's happening. But it makes it makes perfect sense that you would be. I think that's, I mean, I'm married to someone just like you, right? My wife is, God bless you, and she's probably going to listen eventually. Um, she definitely, for very good reasons, has armor, right? But it also is like the squishiest 
sorry, honey, person <laughs> that I know too, gentle and sensitive and good, you know? And this is my, I'm going to go on one more second. This is part of what I love about doing this podcast and why I want to do it is that the people I know who had the most interesting stories, the struggles, the brokenness are the ones who I find are, are more subtly but beautifully changing the world for the good, right? And that like the religion of being a good human, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I find it like interesting when I sit with people and like, we always say in, in, in our, in our program, like you can't make the shit up that happens. Yeah. Like today I was talking to a kid who, um, was saying when he was younger, he would cut the throat out of a teddy bear cause he would be so pissed off and rip the stuffing out of his mother's teddy bear to get back at her. Wow. And, and so then I, I go and I go to yoga Yeah. and, and I sit and listen to people and they think I'm just like meditating or whatever, but yeah. I'm listening and, yeah. and I'm listening to what people perceive to be a real problem, problem. at work or whatever. Yeah. And what do you want to attach to when you showed up? Right. I was yeah. like, I'm on the phone with Amazon because yeah. my daughter's package didn't get delivered for school. <laughs> like what, <laughs> what, right. yeah, the tutu <laughs> that she needs. Yeah. Um, like, what do you want to attach? How much do you want to direct mm-hmm. energy to? Yeah. Um, and, and I find that really fascinating uh, now. And again, as a, as a male, right. Yeah. Like that's something again, that doesn't like, the armor that you wear yeah and when I say I'm willing to to sit with it or I'm willing to ask you yeah like I want you to share as adults when you're working with teenagers especially the kids that we work with we expect to ask them a question and open up so quickly yeah you turn that around on an adult and say what do you need tell me what's bothering you yeah and you get nothing and you get nothing yeah and then they go to some quick answer because most of the times when you talk to people if you just count they are automatically, when you're asking them a question, thinking of their pre-programmed answer yeah. and not sitting back and thinking about, okay, and then launching into it. Yes. Like yeah. We just want to put up this. Yeah. So quickly. Because then we don't have to get hurt. Yeah. Well, it's ego. It's everything I've been talking about, a beta thinking, right? It's all of the um, rhythms and grooves of our brain, but it's that we live up in our heads instead of, you know, I, I made that analogy. I think I heard it from Glennon Doyle Melton and that she was talking about a teenagers at a birthday party and the boys, when asked a question, not speaking necessarily to you, but I can speak for the women in this particular example, you know, are you hungry? The boys went, heard the question in their head, asked their bodies what it needed and then gave an answer where the girls heard the question, looked around the room to scan it for information, right? Didn't ask their bodies, negated their body's need, and then gave the report. One person gave the report for everyone. But I think that as adults, too, that we, we live, we, and Americans specifically, we live so much in the, in the beta thinking, and we're just regurgitating things. No, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Yep, got it, whatever, you know, and that nobody's going exactly what you're saying. Take the five seconds. Go from beta. Look inside your being, your body, and sense yourself. Half people, I think that here's the real thing. I think half people have no idea what they're fucking feeling because most of us have been taught to not have the feeling and to try to squash the feeling so we don't have to deal with whatever the feeling means or what actions are required of it or whatever discomfort is going to come from admitting it. And yeah, and that is like today I had, uh, it was not a good community day there. Yeah. There, there were several, several aspects and I could feel, it's like one of those things too, like when you start going down, um, like that path of like peeling back layers, Yeah, you, you can't undo that. Yeah. So now I can notice that, right? And when you're trying to talk to a 14 year old who's been traumatized and say, can you notice what your triggers are mm-hmm. and then notice your reactions so yeah. that you can do something different, right? So I don't... Uh, 
you know, get high so I don't get upset and get fired from a job. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to run to numb out the stuff. Yeah. Like it's very, I'm very purposeful now in like what my morning routine is to get myself set for the day. Cause I know if I can do that, mm-hmm. then whatever else in the day, I, I know that I will be okay. Yeah. Um, You'll be able to manage it and respond. Right. And, and I think that's also part two where like, um, besides teaching the yoga to the students and staff, like I've been going out now into education and I think I've been able to talk about like self-care, mm-hmm. like talk about the brain and, and how your amygdala fires and, and how those things go. Cause as adults, they just think like it's so automatic and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, how do you take care for yourself? I want you to stop being the person who says, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Um, you know, and as a parent, yeah, like I would see all these parents and there'd be a, like soccer stuff. And they're like, I don't have time for this. Well, you're sitting around on your ass for an hour and a half where your kid's practicing soccer. Go for a walk. Yeah. Read a book. You don't need to sit right Do here, this, right? right? Now. So right. like, it's really been an interesting shift where I get to work with my kids during the day. Yeah. And then like being able to work with adults and saying like, you need to take care of yourself. You need to understand like the secondary trauma mm-hmm. that happens to you. Yeah. And, and how are you taking care of yourself in a healthy way? Yeah. Um, Cause you'll burn out. Yeah. Like I've been at, working in severe emotional stuff for like well over 20 years now. Yeah. I'm not burned out. Yeah. I was actually going to mention that way back when, like in this conversation, like it's pretty incredible that you and are still is, 25. Yeah. And you're both so, um, I don't know, I can't speak for her, but from speaking with you that you still feel fresh and excited about it. And so what's the big, um, I mean, so, so clearly if I was to say to you, like your soul's purpose, you would say to be of service, right? I, I would think that to be of service is like at the heart of it, but what else do you, like, what's the big vision for you from here? Do you have a bigger vision or is it just to keep following the breadcrumbs to see what comes next? Or what do you hope to accomplish with all of this? Uh, it's a, I, it's a big question. It is a big question. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've always entertained ideas of like, I still believe in a, a, a studio or a place where, um, you know, I think people get priced out of yoga. Right? Yeah. So can you offer a place where they can come and sit? And not even that, like for me, the best part of yoga class sometimes is the beginning stuff, mm-hmm. like the beginning meditation. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we do more of that? Yeah. Why don't we offer a sliding scale for people? Why don't we offer more free classes. I know there has to be a living made at some point, yeah. but I also believe like that community aspect, yep. like if we're going to save or do something to really connect people, mm-hmm. um, we've become so disconnected. Like yeah. the last place you went out to eat, did you scan around the room and see how many people were on oh, their yeah. phones and not having oh, yeah. a conversation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, how many people, how many kids or families sit at the table and have dinner every night? Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're going to offer that, um, or have that connection, like we have to be able to hold places where people can come and not feel like they need to have the latest yoga gear or mm-hmm. whatever yep. to to show up to show up or to be worthy to practice. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and 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 I also, I mean, for me, like, I don't know what the next step, like, educational would be. Like, yeah. I always say, my my perfect my my perfect job would be to you know, in the peanuts where they had the psychiatric help. Yeah is I'd love to create a cardboard cutout. Yeah. And I would just love to go to buildings and just be like self-care. Yeah. And offer it to whoever, staff, students, mm-hmm. go around and like, this isn't going to make or break your right. life, getting upset about this or 
taking care of yourself. What are you doing? Having somebody that's going to check in on you. And like a self-care coach. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that would be my, that would be my jam. Okay. Like I would, you know. I love that. Traveling. Self-care coach with a community yoga on the side. Yeah. Business. Just like a. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I think I really, truly believe all things are possible. I think that um, one of the points I wanted to make that I think is so beautiful is that from that energetic perspective, the bus driver noticing that, like, thank you for (laughs) giving them yoga because even those 20 kids that go home on that bus of how many of the different buses that you have, their energy shift literally starts to, to change the energy of everybody on that bus, right? So you change one kid being able to be less reactive and more responsive to their life um, and shift their energy from frantic to just feeling more grounded and earthy, that that spreads, right? And so I think that's like yoga every day at your school, right? Morning 15-minute session for all – like I don't know what that is, but if we could get those kinds of things. I keep feeling lately, like even with Rosie's uh, – my daughter's elementary school, that um, – I really, um, I need to figure out how to get mindfulness clap, like taught in there that I'm going in and doing that or something, because it's, these are skills that we all need to have. And if we would have been taught these things as children, can you even imagine, or as teenagers and just seeing how it can impact somebody who seems so untouchable, right? Nothing else worked for these people, these kids, right? And here, right, exactly. I, I really connect to misfit toys too. I just think that's, I think that's a lot of us who feel like we've always been on the fringe of life for whatever reason, um, just from the, seeing the world differently. Right. Um, so I, I wanted to say that piece too. Um, when I, I, I asked the universe baby or yoga studio and I got pregnant really quickly against all odds and, um, immaculate conception. Um, and, um, I, when I was looking though at models for it, it was looking at the New York model. I can't remember the dude's name, but he, it's all donation based. Um, and it's like this whole, it's like this huge, huge thing that they do and that people who have more give more and people who have less just show up. Right. And I was, that was the model I wanted to do. And everybody was like, that won't work. And I was like, it would totally work, you know, but I think there's so much to be discussed in the world of, of yoga and how do we deliver it to more people. And I think you're doing that. And I think it's awesome. It's fun. It's fun for sure. It's fun, like right. And okay, let's do this. We'll wrap it up with this. I think that's the thing. And you can tell me whatever your wrap up line is. But um, I think that it is fun, and and we feel more contented when we feel guided by something that feels meaningful, right? And so everything you're doing is meaningful. Like you're making an impact every day with those students and their lives just by being potentially being one person who showed up for them every morning to say good morning. That alone is huge. And just the little tiny ways that you are making a, such a huge influence and changing the trajectory, right? Somebody's going to look back and say, Mike was my pivot point, right? That, that principal that said that one thing that one time. It's pretty awesome stuff you're doing. Any final thoughts? I, I, was, I was thinking about this, and I think it's just going back to like having your identified purpose. Yeah. Like how many people actually know what their values are? And then how many of them are living it. Yeah. So on my board in my office, um, besides writing it down, I have a sheet of paper. And I always tell my staff, I said, you can go in and see what I'm doing. But on a piece of paper, it has simple, like something I'm trying to work on and it's not perfect. But the idea of service, right? Like I chose to do this. I I chose to get my hands messy and get Mm -hmm. into that. And I have to remind myself, even on those bad days like today, where like, 
we're going to go back at it again tomorrow. Yeah. Like, and, and we're going to have to have begin some, again. We're going to have to have some difficult conversations and yeah. we're going to have to do some stuff. And, um, you know, just learning to let go, like not holding it in because Ronnie Ware, like yeah. I love that book, the top five regrets like yeah. on your deathbed. Is half of this stuff going to matter? No. Like the, the things that, but did you live a life that was meaningful and purposeful and did you live yeah. from a place where you know your values? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think core values is huge. And I think that when, when we talk about purpose, isn't it like, it isn't like you have one. It's like, you know, it's, it's chasing the breadcrumbs or as my friend said, like the next shiny ball that leads you to something that feels more meaningful and contented and that it's soulful that you feel like you're here on purpose, I think is more important than a purpose, right? I love that. Thank you for showing up and sharing your story and talking and telling every, all the things. Um, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.